Hi guys, my name is Adya, a computer and cognitive scientist in the making, and you're listening to Thunk It, where I discuss some of the implicit governing factors of our lives and what they really mean. Hi guys, thank you very much for tuning in to this episode of Thunk It. Today's big question is whether or not utilitarianism is actually feasible. Now, I think utilitarianism has always been seen as the sort of pinnacle of morally correct human behavior or the perfect human society. And somehow, based off of following this principle or this ideology, we can construct a sort of utopia. And from a distance, it really does seem like that because you are governing laws and um, this there's just principles that are set out that always re- lead to the right action. But my question for you is, is that really true? Does it work in practice or does it even work in theory? And that's what I'll be discussing in today's episode. So let me get started by giving you a definition of what it is. Very quickly, the main idea behind it is that it's focused on maximizing total welfare. Now, how do you define welfare? Now, different utilitarians um, take different approaches, but mostly it's defined in terms of non-instrumental goods. So things like happiness, pleasure, having an absence of pain, having your desires and preferences satisfied, getting the things that you want, that is welfare. And you can debate whether or not this is the correct definition for welfare or the current way to assess a society. But let's stick with that for now because that is the most classical way of approaching utilitarianism. Right, so now there's a couple of different types of utilitarianism. How is it that you go about maximizing this total happiness or pleasure? And the first one I'm going to talk about is act utilitarianism. What does this mean? This type of theory suggests that you should act in such a way that the welfare is maximized. Okay? You'll see, you'll know the difference in just a second. Let's consider the very, very famous trolley problem. So a trolley is tumbling down a track towards five people. However, you are standing on the side and you have the option to press a button which would redirect the trolley. And if you choose to do so, that trolley will only kill one person instead. So would you or would you not press the button? Now this is a very very popular debate in philosophy and why people choose to press the button and why some people don't choose to press the button. And that's where the moral theory and the ethics of it comes in. Now, based on what I've discussed so far about act utilitarianism, it would suggest that, yes, you should definitely press the button because killing the one person is is better than killing five people, right? You're maximizing welfare. And why is that? It's because five people being happy and five people experiencing the absence of pain is greater than one person being happy and experiencing the absence of pain. So that's what act utilitarianism suggests. And and in most service conducted, it has been shown that people 
tend to go with with this idea of pressing the button to kill one person instead of five. And that may seem sound, it makes logical sense to, to us. But in some cases, act utilitarianism doesn't really play out as it should, and it gives the wrong answer. Let's consider a different example. Now, let's consider a surgeon who has six patients, five of whom require an organ transplant, but one of them is just there for, let's say, a regular minor surgery. However, now this surgeon has this choice of killing this one relatively healthy patient in order to save five unhealthy patients. Should he do it or should he not? It's, it's sort of similar to the previous example, isn't it? And based on what we concluded in the trolley problem, the answer is yes, he should kill the healthy patient because you're saving five and the happiness and absence of pain of five people is better than the happiness and absence of pain of one person. But for some reason, this doesn't sit quite right with us. Most people would go against the idea of killing a healthy person just to save five unhealthy people. It just doesn't make sense to us. So this is where act utilitarianism falls apart. This is one of the biggest problems that it has. There's a couple of different problems. So the second problem, aside from not working in certain scenarios, is that it's overly demanding. What does that mean? Okay, now let's consider a person who subscribes to this model of act utilitarianism. He is the perfect act utilitarian. And if that's the case, then according to this philosophy, he should spend all his time maximizing welfare, which would mean that perhaps he should give all his money to charity. After all, a few different people benefiting of his money is much greater than him living off his money. Maybe it also suggests that he should work greater hours and earn more money in order to be able to donate more money to charity. As, as sort of a slippery slope, maybe he should start sleeping less, maybe he should start devoting less time to his family and maybe cut down ties and not have as many friendships, just so he could keep on working so that he can donate to charity and maximize total welfare because surely if if the entire philosophy is depending on dependent on maximizing total welfare then all your time and resources should also be devoted to it but we can't really justify that sort of extreme action i mean it's it seems very very irrational to expect an individual to give away all of his or her life in order to ensure that the rest of the society is 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 happy it just doesn't make sense and that's where the idea of demandingness comes in it it it's a philosophy that's excessively demanding and it's not really applicable in the practical world it's not feasible to be implemented you just don't see a, a person devoting everything that they have in their life to maximizing society's welfare. So that's another problem with act utilitarianism. And the third big problem with that is that of trust. So let's, let's come back now to the transplant example. 
Consider a society where doctors are allowed to kill healthy patients all the time in order to save the sick. Right? So this is sort of a norm in, in this hypothetical world. Then surely there cannot be any semblance of trust. Because why would people trust the doctor? Why would they even go to the doctor in the first place? It just won't happen. And it should be noted that many aspects of societal living are based on trust. For example, maybe you allow a friend to borrow some money or maybe you make a promise and the, the functioning of that transaction is dependent on trust. But the, the theory of act utilitarianism would not allow for that to take place. And that's a big, big red flag. So, is there a solution to all these problems that act utilitarianism poses? Maybe some other version of it? Well, there is another version, so let's, let's have a look at that one. This one is called rule utilitarianism. The main way that this differs from act utilitarianism is that it relies on the idea that actions which are in line with the rule are correct, right? And what is the correct rule? A rule is one such that if it was to be followed by everyone in the world, it would lead to the greatest good or the greatest welfare. So, if, if examining the, the case of the surgeon and the organ transplant, rule utilitarianism suggests that if every doctor in the world was to kill a healthy patient in order to save, say, five sick patients, then people would stop going to the hospital and... Surely, this does not lead to the greatest welfare, right? Because if people stop going to the well, stop going to the hospital, then people are just going to die at home. Or they're going to get excessively sick, and overall, that leads to a bad outcome. So, rule utilitarianism would establish a rule such that doctors are not permitted to kill healthy patients in order to save the sick. Now. This leads to one very, very big question. Utilitarianism as a whole is based on maximizing total welfare. So would it really be valid to say that rule utilitarianism is able to achieve that versus act utilitarianism? Now, people who follow act utilitarianism claim that, okay, if... In every possible situation, you act in such a way that the total welfare is maximized, then surely if you sum them up, that would be the greatest total welfare, right? How else can you achieve the greatest welfare? That summation of the maximum values is how you get that value. But rule utilitarianism claim that that's not necessarily the case. Imagine the, the, the traffic laws that are currently in place. Now, imagine that a car comes to a red light, but the driver looks around, there are no other cars or people on foot nearby, so he decides to drive the car ahead anyway. This would maximize the total welfare because he's, he's a happier guy, he's saved some time, and that's welfare for you. But rule utilitarianism would suggest that even if in that particular situation, that particular act yielded the greatest welfare, that's not the case if everyone were to follow it. 
right? Because if everyone to, were to just drive by despite having despite having red lights, then how would that possibly lead to the greatest welfare? There's bound to be accidents, there's bound to be problems at intersections. So that is why rule utilitarianisms would argue that it is the amalgamation of everyone following the rule that which which leads to the greatest welfare rather than individual maximums of every situation and that is a very very good point so to to give an overview rule utilitarianism is very much in line with the philosophy of the older days Sort of like principles like thou shall not steal, thou shall not kill, etc, etc. There are these objective moral rules of conduct which are in place. And if you want to be moral, all you have to do is follow these rules. Okay, now if we go back to the problems of act utilitarianism, one of them was that it builds a society without trust. But we can guarantee trust if everybody is subscribing to the same set of moral rules. If you're aware that your surgeon is not going to kill healthy people to save the sick, then yes, you'll feel comfortable, you will trust him, and therefore you will go to the doctor when you need to. And the other big problem of act utilitarianism was demandingness. And rule utilitarianism allows for a person to have a personal life. You don't need to give away everything in your life in order to maximize the greater good. And this is because there are rules in place which explicitly allow for this. For example, there are rules such as parents must care for their children. In itself, this sort of statement allows for you to have a personal life, to have relationships, and not spend all your time just working to donate to charity, right? So allowing for this is also a very, very important pro of rule utilitarianism. Now, act utilitarianisms have also argued that they allow for this sort of thing. And they justify it by saying that we don't expect for a person to be working all the time to donate to charity. And that's because that is likely to make that person completely and entirely miserable. And a miserable person is not equipped to maximize society's welfare. So they say that it would be better for the person to sleep eight hours a night, work a, a reasonable amount in order to help the welfare rather than devote his entire life because he is going to be miserable at the end of the day, which doesn't really end up serving the purpose. Whether or not that is a valid justification for the problem of demandingness, I leave that for you to think, but that is the official argument that is provided as the defense for it. Now, with that being said, Rule utilitarianism isn't free of flaws, it has its own issues, and I want to discuss the one major one, which is subjectivity. This is the idea that surely sometimes situations have different needs and different requirements, and the same rule cannot be applicable across all scenarios. There must be exceptions to the rule, and that's something that this sort of philosophy or ideology doesn't incorporate that. 
So let's let's think of an example. For example, what if um, you're lying for the benefit of someone else? Consider that you just found out that your cousin's grandma in this hospital has just passed away. However, your cousin is just about to head in for a job interview and if you told him that, then surely he is unlikely to, to perform well in it. So when he asks you for an update, if you've heard anything from the hospital, what do you say? Do you say, sorry, but your grandma's passed away or... Do you go ahead and lie to that person and delay telling them the truth? So this is where rule utilitarianism sort of breaks down. Because most people would just go ahead and lie for a couple of minutes because in half an hour you can tell them truth and that would result in the greatest welfare. So is it always bad to lie? Because that's what rule utilitarianism suggests. But that's it may be the case that in some cases it is absolutely necessary for you to lie. Um, there can be more extreme cases or cases such as the one I just discussed. Okay, so let me conclude that discussion over there. But there's a couple of other types of utilitarianism out there. And if you are interested in that sort of thing, you can have a look. But the two that I've just discussed are some of the more popular approaches to utilitarianism. But now let's come back to the question, the bigger question of whether or not utilitarianism as a whole is feasible. And it may seem that the answer is no, it's not feasible at all because there are so many loopholes and so many situations wherein it does not provide the right answer. And perhaps something to look into is whether it's, it's ideal to assess a society just based on welfare. Maybe there are instrumental goods that play an important role, for example, equality or the number of opportunities a person is given and so forth, not just the happiness and absence of pain. But at the end of the day, it is a very, very important theory which attempts to establish right from wrong, what you should do, the actions that are correct and the actions that are not. Much of the law is based on this and Many, many types of observed human behavior is also founded on this principle. But we, as you know, we live in a highly, highly complex world and there is a whole bunch of situations that come up in our daily lives. So it may not be the case that this is the perfect solution, but it's definitely headed in the right direction. Perhaps it's important to incorporate other things, cut out some, some constraints to the theory, and maybe one day philosophers are, will be able to come up with a moral code that everyone agrees to. That's, it's, a, it's a whole debate in itself whether or not that's actually possible, but surely there's absolutely no harm in trying. But anyway, hopefully that gives you an idea of utilitarianism on all the different types and how you should act if you choose to subscribe to this philosophy. Thank you very much for listening and I will see you all in the next episode.